Welcome to the Utah Women in Leadership podcast. I'm Dr. Susan Madsen, the founding director of the Utah Women in Leadership Project at Utah State University, and our mission is to strengthen the impact of Utah girls and women. Now, recently, the UWLP, the Governor's Office of Economic Opportunity, and the Cox-Henderson Administration have worked together on an inspiring initiative to identify and highlight 100 Utah companies that do a great job of championing women. And as part of this podcast, I'm highlighting some of those companies, specifically on their policies, programs, and initiatives that support families and advance women. And today we are spotlighting Clyde Companies. And Clyde Companies are one of the oldest and strongest construction and building material organizations in the Intermountain West and the Great Plains region. And I'm pleased to welcome Jeremy Haven, the president and CEO, and then also Dan Walker, the chief human resource officer and also a vice president. Welcome to both of you. Thank you. It's great to be here with you, Susan. Thank you, Susan. So I'll just jump in. Jeremy, would you take a few minutes and introduce us to Clyde Companies? Our listeners will want to know more about what you do, and I'm sure they've seen seen pieces of Clyde Companies all over the state, but tell us a little bit more. Yeah, Clyde Companies uh, touches millions of Utah Utahns every day without their really knowing it. And so a lot of the listeners may not even have heard of Clyde Companies, but they've probably heard of some of our brands. We've got eight subsidiary companies. Some of the more familiar brands are Geneva Rock, Sunrock, SunPro, WW Clyde, you have insurance, GWC Capital. There's several companies that we have that all coalesce around infrastructure and building infrastructure, critical infrastructure. We build the communities that we live in, the roads that we drive on, and provide a lot of, of heavy construction materials to be able to make that all happen. We've been around almost 100 years. Wow. And, uh, and so we've been around for a, a while, and we, we want to be around for a long time. And uh, one of our core values is that we value people. And that is really where our focus is, is it's about the people that make this business run, but then provide all these products and services out into our community. Thank you so much. Tell, tell me more about like how many com- or how many employees do you employ in the state of Utah? Yeah, we get up to almost 5,000 employees in the busy wow. season during the summer. And so not that that's actually across a lot of the states in the Intermountain West. And we are a multi-billion dollar company. And it's a big machine that we have running to put <laughs> yeah. to keep all these people employed. And, you know, one of the things that we do is we, we pride ourselves in, in providing high level of benefits for these employees so that they can provide for their families and take care of their needs. That's awesome. Now, I have to say that that before we started recording, we were talking about when I visited down with you and, and gave a presentation down at your um, main headquarters. And I'm just going to say, I was surprised at how many women were there um, because it's such a, quote, masculine you know, industry and company, but you've done some work at, at hiring women as well. Any comments? Yeah, we have. We we value all people. And on the women front, it's interesting you ask that question. We just recently hired at Clyde Companies, the parent company, our very first chief officer executive that is female, Allie Isom. Yeah. She's been a great addition to the team. And it's created a, a 
a different dynamic on the leadership team and we love it because she provides a lot of value and brings a lot of uh, insight into our team that helps us move this thing forward even in a better direction. Thank you so much. And Dan, when your company submitted the application to be considered as one of the 100 companies championing women in the state, it was mentioned that you checked the box on some of the, the policies and practices and also shared some more details about some of them. What are some of the more established benefits, policies that you have that you really think benefit women? And we know they benefit families and men as well, but just talk about some of those more established ones that you've had for a number of years. Great. Thanks, Susan. Maybe first, it's important to share that we have uh, developed a, a DE&I committee, which has become uh, very important to us in our company, has helped us to provide some direction in our strategy. In partnership with the DEI committee, we've expanded, as an example, our paid leave pr program to include pregnancy and parental leave. We now provide the birth parent eight weeks of paid leave mm -hmm. in addition to our other paid programs, and the non-birth parent receives two weeks. Mm -hmm. We offer these benefits because Clyde Companies cares about our employees and their families. We offer a top-tier benefits package that works to meet our employees and their families' needs. Uh, we want our employees to see us as a destination company where they can come and stay and develop a long and healthy mm. career. We also offer a generous retirement plan that can provide our employees with the ability to retire well. I like that. And, and you know, in years, in decades past, Oftentimes, women worked as supplemental income and those things, but more and more what the research is telling us, those benefit packages, those longer-term retirement kinds of things are, are just even more important today. So um, tell me a little bit more, either Dan or Jeremy, about you talked about a DEI dashboard and metrics and some things like that. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. It's actually, that's a great question. It's actually in our strategic plan. So we set it up in front of our executives and take that down to the lowest levels of our company that we have a, a very strong focus, not just on women in our business, but on a diverse workforce as a whole. We are tracking carefully the number of, of women and minorities that we're increasing in our business, hmm. as well as giving women and a diverse workforce, the opportunity to be in leadership at all levels of our company. And Jeremy just explained how we just added our first executive, female executive, and the impact that she's already having on our business. I love that. Any more comments about that, Jeremy? Because that's a that's a really a, a thing that we're seeing on forward-thinking companies to try and track and measure those kinds of things. Any Any additional comments on that, Jeremy? Yeah, we have a very robust dashboard. And like Dan said, not only does it show us how many women and minorities we have working in the company, but how many women and minorities are in the leadership positions. Mm. And, and we can drill down all the way down to each company, each division in every company, each area within the division of every company to see how each of our companies are doing and where their focus is. And then we're, we're reaching out. We get together with our presidents every month and reaching out to them and saying, what are you doing to help improve the diversity of our business and allow for these opportunities? One other thing just on this particular topic is 
the telecommuting and, and high remote work options. It's interesting because it's there's a lot of different opinions out there, but I really believe we can hire a lot of good quality people that want a little bit of flexibility and a little bit of a, this hybrid approach to remote work. And so we're open to it. And, and we've been able to hire several really good employees, including a lot of women in that particular um, area that help us move this thing forward. Yeah. And, uh, and just so you know, decades ago, I did a did a dissertation on uh, work and family conflict and telecommuting. And the research still plays out that when you have that flexibility, even a couple of days at home or whatever, and you can't do that, obviously, with all your companies and all the positions. So some of them are face-to-face working positions, right, with the, the public. But uh, shaking things up making and looking at positions and what couldn't be flexible, I think is important. Uh, the pandemic has taught us a lot, don't you think? It has. This is all stemmed out of that pandemic. And you're right. There's certain positions, and especially in construction, where you have to be on the job to get the work done. But there's some that aren't. And so we're, we're yeah. allowing for some of that flexibility. And I love what you said about meeting with your, you know, presidents of your companies. And hopefully it's not just a year conversation, once a year on diversity, but it's it's even more, you know, often talking about how, where things are at and, and um, yeah, you know, I guess talking about why it's important, you probably have to talk about that a lot. Like, why are we doing this? Yeah. And, and, and really the why I think is simple. It's, it's, we want the best employees that we can find. One of our strategies is to have high performing employees and we're going to find those in all different areas, in all different walks of life. And so uh, I love being able to have a little bit of that diversity to bring different perspectives to the table. Thank you so much. And Dan, one of the other things that you highlighted in the nomination was the Clyde Women's ERG program. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So, well, let me take that, Dan. Do you mind? So the Women's ERG. So when you came down, Susan, and talked to the group, that was one of our monthly ERG yeah. meetings. And we invited not only women, but also all the employees then as well to that meeting. And we had about six months ago, a group of women in our company come in and say, hey, we want to get together on a regular basis. We want to have maybe some speakers come in. We want to talk about tough subjects, things that we're dealing with, hard things at work, whatever they may be. Would you be willing to support that? And I said, that'd be awesome. As a matter of fact, take a budget for to bring in a good lunch and do whatever you want to do, you know, with that. And so it started out with maybe a dozen women that got together on that group. And now I, the last meeting I saw there had to have been 50 or 60 women from our oh. company at one lunch meeting. And I think it's just really a great way to support them to be able to get together and talk about what, what their struggles are or what their misperceptions might be or whatever it is and, and work through those and then also have some time to be able to hear from others that have had the same experiences. So this is pretty was, recent, pretty recent uh, that yeah. you put that together. That's And and women requested that, right, in your organization. So they did. ground up kind of listening. Dan. So Susan, in addition to that, on occasion, that uh, ERG group will extend an invitation to the male employees of the building to come and share in those experiences. And um, that was uh, when we invited you to come here, 
the uh, all of all of the males in the building were encouraged to come and participate in that experience. And so it's just not about the women in the building, but that the opportunity for the men in the building to do everything we can to help them in their careers and their growth. I love that. And and I, from my memory, it feels like it's a long time ago, but I don't think it was that long ago. I think it was right before Christmas. There were a lot of men there. Um, and and it seemed like I, st- I talked a little bit about male allyship there. So that was probably a good group. So I enjoyed meeting everyone. So, um, And Dan, you also talked a little bit about the paid family leave specifically i didn't you say eight weeks of paid family leave it's it's actually pregnancy and parental leave oh yes pregnancy uh, yeah so maybe just a little bit more about that um that came right out of our dei committee okay um, something we've been looking at for a long time but once that once the dei committee brought that to the executive team we had an opportunity to really sit down and strategically put that together and what an opportunity it was to be able to have others help us see as an executive team how we can help fa- individuals and families. Imagine in addition to a very, um, I think a very kind PTO program and a kind lead program to have an additional eight weeks yeah. to be able to spend with a, a new child. In addition, we add uh, additional time for the non-birth parent to be able to spend time together uh, we care about our families and we want them to be able to spend that time and to be paid for it when they're gone. Yeah, that paid, I, I think, is such a plus. And and sometimes we are, and Jeremy, I'm sure you've gotten into these conversations. Sometimes people at, from the start say, well, that's a long time to be gone or give leave. But longer term, it's not that long, right? <laughs> it really is um, not that long uh, of a time it, to really yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. It's in the grand scheme of things, a few weeks here and there can really re-energize an employee, allow them some family time and allow them to then come back to work a little bit more engaged and ready to roll. Yeah. And I, uh, this DEI committee sounds like you're um, it's been a good move for you to really get people together to talk about these kinds of things. So one, the next question I wanted to ask was, are there any really new programs? Well, you talked, Jeremy, and, well, both of you talked about the um, ERG. That's pretty a new, new program, right? But are there other benefits or policies or things, practices that you're considering that are just kind of new or maybe for the future? We're always evaluating our benefits and retirement plans. It's it, uh, it's a part of our strategic plan to make sure that our our plans and programs attract a, a top talent in our business. Maybe to share a couple of them, we're currently in the process of enhancing our employees' mental health and emotional well-being programs. Uh, given what we're seeing in the market, we think it's critical that the company understands at that level what's happening with our employees and with their families. In, a, in addition to that, we recently created a brand new position in our company. It's called the Director of Benefits and Retirement as we continue to grow. And as, as Jeremy indicated that we just hired a new chief officer, female chief officer in our company. We've also hired another female. Her name is Michelle Hill, and she's joined our team. And, we, and I have tasked her with the responsibility for our total reward strategy. Mm-hmm. And it's our hope that we can work to continuously improve our total rewards platform 
And as we do so, we will improve our retention and our engagement and continue to attract a talented workforce. Thank you so much. And I do think, Ali Eisen, the addition, Jeremy, I bet you've had your eye on trying to you know, you've known for years, right, how important it is to have women in those top leadership teams. And and um, and so I, I, I love hearing about women coming in. Even one woman, the voice can make a difference. And you're saying that Allie's voice in that top leadership changes things in some ways, right? It, it absolutely does. She's been a great addition to the team and it's provided really a lot of different perspectives. And a, uh, and a renewed energy to, to focus on things that, that uh, we need to focus on. Yeah. Yeah. And I appreciate, Dan, you bringing up mental health. So that is so important to women. It's so important to men, but it's, it is incredibly important to families as well. Parents and kids, uh, just a major new report coming out this week about national report on teenage girls and the mental health issues, just a striking and sad report about what's going on. And so if your kids as a mom, if your kids are struggling with mental health, that's not just your own. I mean, it's, you then you struggle with mental health, but that, Dan, I'm glad to hear that that's on the radar because I think it's part of organizational responsibility now, not just a private issue at home. Susan, this has been a a focus for us for a long time, but what we're learning is that you don't often know how to gain access to resources until you need them. And we're trying to put together a strategy where our employees, and when you're dealing with mental health issues, those are confidential. And we're, we're trying to understand how can we help our employees understand where those resources are and how to access them. And in many ways do that in a confidential way and we try to do it so that our employees, if they want to keep it confidential, they will. And if they want to engage us, they certainly can. I think that's going to be a standing effort for us as we try to figure out, uh, particularly uh, with uh, counselors being so in short supply and accessing mental health resources takes so many weeks and sometimes months to access. Uh, we've simply got to figure out how to break through those barriers and help our employees. Thank you so much. So any any other um, programs or policies or insights that you'd like to share regarding uh, what your company's strategies are or efforts or thoughts for the future around really making the workforce more inviting for retaining policies and practices? Any, any uh, additional thoughts, Jeremy? Yeah, I, let me share a challenge with the, about the construction industry. So turnover in the construction industry is a problem just across the board, and we're not immune from that. And so we have not solved that yet, but we're working on it. And so that's one thing that we're really trying to focus on at this point in time is how do we create benefits, uh, other priorities, and policies that will help solve that problem. And it's just a tough problem that's across our industry, not just unique to collect companies. And so we're constantly looking at those um, opportunities, those options. And, and Dan mentioned a few of them right there, but that's it's going to be critical to keep uh, that turnover to a minimum and retain our, our good people. Yeah, and that's true. I mean, for for men and women, right? All of that for any employee, and and having that culture 
you know, if there's a lot of turnover, sometimes it affects the culture of the organization as well. But that industry, I do know uh, that industry is is fraught with turnover, right? So I, I have appreciated your time. I want to give you each one last question. Uh, and Dan, I'd like to start with you. And the question is, what final advice, you know, based on it? Dan, I don't know how long you've been with the Clyde companies, but probably a number of years. But from your experience, uh, what advice would you give to other company owners or leaders based on your experience with making, you know, the, the programs, the older ones, newer ones um, moving forward? Great question. I do. Uh, it's important that business owners, especially in this environment, ask for and listen to their employees about what matters to them. In a challenging labor market, understanding what engages and retains your workforce is critical. Uh, we need to remove any assumptions and let the data that we gather inform us inform our strategies. Um, in particular, for several years now, as part of our strategy, we deploy an employee engagement survey. Uh, it's very carefully crafted. We ask a very specific set of questions. And then our expectation as a leadership team is that each company and each leader take that information and do something with it. Make the changes that are needed in our business, as Jeremy talked about, to address turnover, uh, engagement, the challenges that we have in the workforce as a result of the pandemic and the great resignation and, and then communicate back what it is that we're doing. So that our employees understand that we care about what's happening and that we care about their opinions. Thank you so much. Same question to you, Jeremy. Yeah, this advice is always hard, <laughs> but as a CEO of a company, I look at it and say, build a strategy around this and then stay aligned to it. I think that is, is really important. I think you need to be intentional about what you're trying to do. And our strategy here at Clyde Companies is, is a high level of premium benefits in the construction industry, which is a differentiator for us in the construction industry. I know other industries have good high level levels of benefits, but uh, sometimes construction doesn't. And so we've actually intentionally decided to spend and invest a lot of money in those programs and benefits um, for that purpose. We want to attract the career-oriented employee and not just, and this comes back to that retention question, but not just somebody who wants to come and say, oh, well, I'll work for a few months and I'm out of here. We want to attract career-level, career-oriented level people and provide them uh, th this high level of premium benefits. And, and I think that's important. That's why companies, in my opinion, should exist in, in in general, and corporations should exist, is to be able to stick your neck out just a little bit and provide these employees with a little bit more, take out of your profits just a little bit and give it back to your employees. And, and that right there builds good economic stability of communities. It builds families and, and it takes care of people that, that keep that economic engine of your business running. I love that. 
Thanks to our guests, Jeremy Hafen and Dan Walker from Collide Companies. And thank you to our listeners for taking time to join us today on this podcast episode hosted by the Utah Women in Leadership Project at Utah State University in partnership with Utah Public Radio, USU Extension, and the John M. Huntsman School of Business. To learn more about our research resources and events, please visit us at utwomen.org. And also to learn more about other companies that champion women, and also the Inspire Utah initiative, visitinutah.org. Thank you.